So let's face it, managing compliance sucks. It's complicated, it's so hard to keep organized, and it requires a ton of expertise in order to survive the entire process. Welcome to Compliance Unfiltered, a podcast dedicated to making compliance suck less. Now, here's your host, Todd Cashew with Adam Goslin. Well, welcome in to another edition of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashew alongside the sunshine on your compliance shoulder. Mr. Adam Goslin, how the heck are you? I'm doing good, Todd. How about yourself? Man, I can't complain. I can't complain at all. It's security awareness reminder time again for Q4 of 2023. Adam, let's talk in this episode about the importance of physical security for starters. Sure. Um, you know, it's not uh, it's not uncommon for me when I'm doing on-site visits for a client um, that I'm discovering, you know, basic physical security failures that need to get addressed. Um, you know, some of these are as simple as adequate locking mechanisms on doors or installation of security cameras. But, you know, at the end of the day, physical security is a critical part of effective cybersecurity. Um, if, you're, if your organization is, is charged with protecting sensitive information, then you need to be, you know, vigilant and making sure you're following, you know, best practices. So, you know, what I recommend to folks is, you know, uh, several considerations. So first off, um, make sure that you're covering all your locations. There's a, uh, there's a strong propensity to, you know, really focus in on the production environment or where, you know, where the servers are, et cetera, which is appropriate. Uh, but, you know, and then they'll also really focus on headquarters. But they forget about the fact that, oh, I don't know, maybe they've got an IT outpost. Uh, maybe they've got a, a sales office, you know, et cetera. Uh, make sure that you are covering all of your locations, um, you know, including those kind of one-person sales offices. Um, you know, don't disregard those. Just because there's one or two people in there doesn't mean that, um, you know, it doesn't mean that they, they couldn't have issues which would expose the organization. So, <laughs> you know, it's like it, it's not the size of the office is what you're doing with it. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the reality is, is that, uh, is that uh, any office that has connectivity to the main network is a, is a potential security risk. So you need to pay, uh, pay attention to physical security. Uh, bad actors will often see a, a small office as an easy, easy target to, to get into the network. Um, you know, you've got, you've also got to look as you could then, now you've got your full list of all your locations. Um, make sure that you're, you're checking out and, and reviewing the, the physical security of every single entrance and exit. Um, you know, make sure that you've got locking mechanisms on the doors that are, that are operating property, uh, properly. Make sure that you've got, uh, monitoring, um, you know, uh, you know, camera monitoring at each of the entrances and exits. Um, having modes of authentication for people that are entering and leaving the building, um, aka badge entry, um, you know, cameras at all the entrances, not just the main entrance. Um, if somebody wants to get unauthorized access to the building, you know, they'll be willing to go through unauthorized entrances, including emergency exits, windows, rooftop access points, etc. Um, 
you know, certainly sending out the reminder to the staff about, you know, piggyback, you know, no piggybacking on the way into the building. Um, don't ever hold the door open for somebody that's coming toward the building, even if it's an employee that they know, because um, that employee might have been released the day before or put the resignation in the day before, uh, you know, and lost their, lost their physical access. And, you know, now you're thwarting that. So, um, you know, certainly making sure there's visitor badging systems for the building. Um, you know, if you're seeing somebody strolling around without their visitor badge, then, then go, you know, you don't have to be obnoxious about it, but, you know, go over and stop, ask them, who are you here to see? How can I help you? Uh, escort that visitor, uh, you know, either, you know, back to the front desk, get them signed in, um, you know, get them, you know, get them an escort to where they're supposed to be going. You know, things along those lines are, are all elements of physical security as a, you know, kind of a, a friendly reminder, if you will. Um, you know, one area that, that I'll hear often is, well, we don't actually own this building. We just lease it. So it's not my responsibility, uh, you know, to take care of the physical security. The, the reality is, is that while it may be not be your responsibility to handle the physical security, you're certainly the organization that's going to, uh, you know, we'll call it inherit uh, the bad fortune <laughs> of sure. somebody thwarting that physical security. Um, so, you know, the, the, the odds are the whoever's owns the building honestly doesn't have any idea what they're doing from a physical security perspective. So, you know, it's your business that's in there, you're occupying it. So I look at it as a shared responsibility. You know, you, you as a, as a, as a tenant need to raise the, you know, raise awareness to the, uh, to the uh, landlord. Um, you know, they have a responsibility to, uh, to put in place protections for your organization. So, you know, it might be somebody else's building, but the blowback's going to come in on you. So report the shortcomings to the landlord, uh, get them on the list to get addressed, you know, et cetera, and continue to follow up with them, uh, you know, on, you know, you know on the, uh, you know, the, the aspects of physical security. Absolutely. Quick tip time, Adam, how the TCT portal operational mode protects organizations after achieving compliance. Tell us more. Well, in TCT portal, it really runs in two modes. We've got what we, we would typically call a one-time or first-time mode, uh, it, which organizations will kind of do their initial run at fill-in-the-blank compliance, uh, you know, certification or standard. Uh, but once you've gotten there, once you've, you've achieved that, uh, that goal, that mark, that objective, you're not done. A lot of, a lot of organizations will go, Oh, thank God uh, we got through the fill in the blank, you know, uh, effort. And now we can go back to our normal job. Well, what the organization needs to realize is that what they just did is, yes, they had a great event, which was confirming their, uh, you know, adherence, compliance, et cetera, with fill in the blank. And it's a big deal. That said, you're also signing up for doing certain fu certain functions every day, every week, every month, every quarter, twice a year, once a year. So, you know, it's it, it's taking those responsibilities seriously where, you know, the TCT portal operational mode comes into play. Effectively, the operational mode will use automation to help make sure that you as an organization aren't missing one of your ongoing compliance maintenance responsibilities. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of organizations that get into, especially year two, 
um, you know, where they have lapses in their operational compliance requirements. So somebody forgets to run a scan, somebody forgets to do a user review, somebody forgets to turn off so-and-so's access when they were terminated, et cetera. So, you know, and then they're heading into their annual assessment with their with their assessor and the assessor's basically saying, oh, geez, I'm sorry, but we can't sign off on this because you need to have four quarterly passing vulnerability scans. Um, you know, if you missed the last quarter, it's not as impactful as if the organization maybe missed their, you know, compli- you know compliance quarter two, you know, now what? We got to wait six months till we have four passing quarterly scans. You know, it's a big deal. And I've seen some organizations really get themselves in a tight jam, uh, you know, with their assessor because of missing these requirements. The other side of, of, of the operational mode, you know, that I would say to those that are leaders of an organization, to those that own the organization, uh, you know, et cetera, these periodic, you know, time-based activities, it's not just a checkbox for compliance. These activities really help to improve dramatically the overall security and compliance stance of the organization. And it's something that organizations really need to take seriously. Um, you know, it's it, 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 operational mode will will basically serve the tasks up to your personnel. It will tell them when it's due, what needs to be done, who's doing it. Uh, and so at a glance, project managers can readily go in and see, oh, well, you know, of the 37 things that we needed to do for this quarter, I can see that half of them are done and I can see who has the remaining half, et cetera. And they can readily and easily manage, uh, you know, to those. Uh, and as an organization, and especially as a management team or an ownership team, you don't have to wonder, geez, are we keeping up with what we're supposed to do? Um, you will know it because you'll be able to go in Take a look at, uh, you know, take a look at the uh, at the TCT portal and readily see your current state, where you're at, and what needs done. Well, it's new news time again. Listeners can access links to the various news stories by going to the TCT website at gettct.com. Click on resources. Click on security reminders. And with that, Adam. Well, the uh, what's well, new in the news? Um, so let's see. First one that we'll go through. Um, there were um, there were some fake uh, browser updates that were used in malware distribution. So you know, there's been a, a an upward trend trend in exploiting uh, the the mere mere mortals. Uh, you know, with safe known software. Meanwhile, installing malicious updates. So. Uh, using fake browser updates on compromised websites, uh, threat actors like uh, TA569 have been using JavaScript and HTML injected code to deliver uh, the SOC Ghoulish malware, uh, which is posing as a legitimate software update for web browsers. Not much um, of a Goulash guy over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's effectively lying to the users that are trusting their their browsers and a way to subvert organizations and training awareness uh, mechanisms. So it's uh, it, it's it's pretty uh, it, it, it's a pretty interesting one one that organizations, you know, need to be aware of. Um, 
the next up news story um, is the the NSA and CISA um, advi were advising on top ten uh, cybersecurity misconfigurations. Uh, you know, this is certainly uh, you know this is certainly one where uh, the NSA, C CISA, and FBI jointly released a top 10 most common security uh, cybersecurity misconfigurations list. Um, some of that list included uh, using default software or hardware credentials when uh, deploying hardware or software, uh, weak two-factor or multi-factor authentication mechanisms, uh, unrestricted code execution uh, for software. Um, so, you know, certainly for, for any organization that, you know, that wants to, you know, uh, know a little bit more about things to watch out for, et cetera, uh, go and, and take a, take a gander there. And just a, a, the friendly reminder that, um, that we do have the links to these stories uh, on the uh, on the website, just as Todd said at the top of this segment. Um, so go in and uh, go in and look those up. Uh, you can go in and, and grab hold of the list. Um, next up, the Five Eyes intelligent chiefs are warning that China is using AI for stealing intellectual property. Well, geez, go figure. Um, uh, the, the, I mean, honestly, the Chinese have been notorious for uh the 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 outright abject stealing of intellectual property from uh many countries including the united states so uh geez uh it, 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 go figure they'd use uh they they make a shot at at artificial intelligence uh but uh the five for those that don't know uh the five eyes intelligence network is composed of the united states britain canada australia new zealand uh, and they they issued a, a, a joint statement saying China is using AI to assist their state-sponsored hackers um, so that they can uh, not only spy against the Five Eyes countries, but uh, also against the rest of the world. Um, it's not limited to homes and small businesses. Um, there are reports that companies that you know companies working on robotics, biotech, AI, quantum technology have been targeted by China. Uh, and their cyber networks uh, assisted by AI to speed up their queries without decreasing the performance on their side to carry out, uh, you know, their attacks. Um, you know, the uh, uh, Christopher Ray uh, was stating that, uh, you know, China has a bigger, uh, a bigger hacking program, uh, either physical or virtual than that of uh, any, every other major national, uh, major power nation combined. So, you know, the scale of these attacks uh, is, is making it uh, much more challenging uh, to thwart. Um, moving on to uh, the exploration of uh, the realm of malicious generative AI. This is going to be a, a, new digital, a new digital security challenge. So, you know, malicious AI is already starting to blossom, uh, you know, among the number of AI solutions that are in place. Uh, there's uh, one called Fraud GPT uh, that has the uh, the ability to craft spear phishing campaigns, uh, create counterfeit counterfeit invoices, uh, fake news articles, among other things. Uh, it's all for the sake of taking down organizations and exploiting and defrauding employees and even upper management. Um, these uh, types of malicious attacks can also work to shift public opinion on certain topics uh, and be exploited, uh, you know, in cyber attacks. 
And finally, uh, we'll talk about Discord. Uh, this is a, a playground for nation-state hackers targeting critical infrastructure. So uh, Discord is one of the most popular uh, communication software applications on the market today, uh, and thus is a lucrative attack target, uh, as well as a useful tool for uh, folks to launch attacks from. So uh, using functionality that's already on the Discord server, um, such as its webhook, attackers can have a, a rigged website that results in scripts that extract and run PowerScript shells uh, to download, uh, you know, other, uh, you know, uh, scripts from a web-based GitHub repository. Uh, the initial file that that's hit, it's not that dangerous. But once that task has been executed, the attacker can then go in and modify the GitHub script to make it more malicious, do more damage, you know, even to the point of uh, of physical uh, physical hardware uh, hardware harm. So this one in particular is uh, is is starting to get real interesting as they dial up their capabilities for uh, uh, for uh, you know kind of attack vectors. Not right there. That's the good stuff. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashel. And I'm Adam Goslin. Hope we helped to get you fired up to make your compliance suck less. 